Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back uh, to this week's market update, uh, where we're going to chat a lot about, uh, one, the state of the market, but also what is happening in condos. Um before we get into that, though, um, let's talk. Uh, sorry, start with um, what's happening. Are we still seeing a ton of multiple offers? Are we still seeing houses go for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars over their list price? Um, the answer, in short, is yes. Um, but maybe the activity levels are shifting between single family down to townhome, and the trickle down in affordability is now finding its way into condos. I don't know, Dan, do you want to chime in here or should I just get it right off the hopper? Well, we'll, we'll touch on detach still first. I think um, we had a couple offers ourselves this week that we can talk about, but also working with some clients out in the mission area and uh, mission right now, we're seeing the average sale price is about 20% higher than the list price. And these are, you know, still think, 20%, know. sorry, 20. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the, the homes that we were offering a couple of weeks ago for an investor, these list prices were around 850 to 900 and sale prices were ending up at uh, 975 to a million 50. And these are for 20 year old suite of detached homes. So yes. Uh, and this is in mission Chilliwack, Sardis, these types of areas. So yes, older suite of detached homes in mission now cost a million dollars. Wow. Holy cow. We were seeing something like that in Chilliwack too, weren't we? Yeah, well, the Sardis area, exactly. The Sardis area, yeah. Yeah, Sorry. same thing. So, I mean, when we're talking about our investor clients, you know, a couple, it was only a few years ago that we would say, yeah, you know, you just cross a bridge. If you're in Northern Surrey, relatively easy to cash flow on a long-term tenant, um, those kind of rents. Now we had to push them out further as time went on to the Valley. All of a sudden you had to be in Abbotsford to get cash flow hmm. and mission. And now Chilliwack. And to be honest, it's almost all the way out to the valley is now hard to be positive cash flow with 20% down at your average long-term rental rates. Yeah. And you know, and I, I think a lot of this, I mean, it's no surprise. Uh, the vast majority majority of it stems from affordability um, and, and uh, a sheer supply shortage. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, we were involved in um, uh, two days ago, involved in a home in Strathcona that went multiple offer. And um, it was still incredibly competitive. And even though um, they only had 16 showings and um, three offers, one of which backed out right at the last second. So it was down to us and another group. The competitiveness of those offers was still so tremendously high. Right. So we're still talking hundreds of thousands of dollars over the list price that this home went for. But, um, you know, the competition is fierce. But one thing I do sense is if you fast forward or, or sorry, if you back up to um, to January of this year, we were seeing 50, 60 people come through these homes. Right. And then on top of that, uh, we were seeing uh, 15 offers. We were seeing you know, $326,000 over the list price. 
Um, we're now starting to see, or at least, you know, anecdotally, I, I've started to recognize that the either the prices have gotten so high now that people are kind of backing out and and wait, maybe waiting for things to cool down a little bit, um, or uh, they've actually dropped their asset class. So they've gone from a single family home down to a duplex, then down to a town home, and so on and so forth. And I think that trickle down effect is is definitely more the case. Um, as people still need a place to live. The demand is still there, right? Yeah, and I think also the people that you are still competing with at that uh, high level, it's because they likely have either lost a few times and they really want to get in sort of a a last-ditch effort almost. Mm -hmm. But also they probably recognize that we are literally in the lowest inventory environment for detached homes that have ever existed since since the data began. Yeah. Right. So we're kind of, we're in uncharted waters here a bit uh, in that sense. And so mm-hmm. people are, you know, when they see something really good, they know they might not see something at that caliber and even at that price point again for some time. And if they do, the chances of it being the price that it is this month, you know, is it going to go up next month? Right. And so, you know, a lot of people are, are bidding higher right now in the hopes of, of potentially curbing what it could go to. Um, you know, that's, I think, a bit of a reality here. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I would say though um, that the heat is still under the two million dollar mark. I mean, we're still seeing it at the two five mark, but um, there's still a whole lot more uh, interest at sort of the one five to two million mark. That's where I think it's absolutely bonkers right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my stat that I was talking about being the lowest inventory ever—that is two million and lower price point for detached. There you go. There you go. So anyhow, um, so yeah, so I, I think what we're starting to see here is a little bit of a trend, right? We're, and, and we've seen it before. It's not a new trend. It's a trend where people go out of affordability and they move into different asset classes because of affordability and because of supply. Um, that trickle down effect is, is definitely real and taking place in the marketplace right now. We're seeing, like I said, you know, homes reaching their all-time high into uncharted territory. People are backing off. They're going into townhomes, um, and we're seeing fierce competition there. Um, you know, and and if you get down to it, condos is where I think you're going to start to see the next big surge. I mean, we've started. I think the start of it's already happened, um, and I think it's really about to ramp up. Um, I mean, condos dipped. Um, at the pre-pandemic level of by about 14%, right? They just, everybody got out, everybody decided to go and get into bigger space and and take advantage of that. And uh, now that that's gone back up, everybody has now come back into condos and we've seen about 7% of that 14 recover, right? In in terms of price point. Mm-hmm. And definitely do know, we are largely talking about the downtown core. Correct. Because, Sorry. you know, a lot of the Valley and those condos, Langley type areas, they actually saw an increase mm-hmm. due to COVID. But, you know, our sort of core conversation here is about the downtown area because we focus so much on it and have lived there for so many years. So, yeah, Ryan's right. It took about a 14% hit. And if you remember from a past story, I think it was around September, October, the downtown kind of core as a whole, it ended up having something like 1,200 active listings at one point which was about the height and to kind of further galvanize what Ryan's saying here, that number is now down to 700, right? So people uh, saw that 14% dip and the Mm -hmm. investors, some speculators, and ultimately some home buyers said, Hey, that's enough of a a price reduction that we're now interested in that. So there you go. Prices have recovered by about 50% and the trajectory and the feeling on the ground is that that is definitely going to continue because these a lot of these listings and some of our own that were quiet, let's say, 
for months, especially through mm-hmm. up until the end of November, suddenly have a whole lot of interest, a whole lot of showings, and a lot of new new listings are holding offers and getting those multiples. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we were involved in one two days ago, uh, uh, two stories actually. One a, a batch of our own properties, which were downtown, uh, two of which sold in multiple offers over the list price, and one that sold within one percent of the list price, um, and all of that happening within about a week. <laughs> And then the other side of it, uh, two days ago, we were out in Port Moody with other clients. Um, this is on a, a small two-bed, two-bath. Um, <clears throat> by small, I mean a 1,000 square feet in Port, Port Moody. Anyways, listed for six ninety eight, sold for 735K and saw seven offers, so sold subject-free. Right? So it's not, it's, it's not uh, just happening in, in the downtown core. It's happening all over the place. Um, and that kind of leads into our next little piece here because um, it's not just happening in Vancouver or in the lower mainland too. Um, many of us who try and predict where Vancouver is going will also look to other Canadian cities, uh, albeit Toronto and the GTA, to see what's happening in that market. Um, and reports out of Toronto are that they are seeing a similar number of, act, uh, of activities. Sorry. So February saw sales volume up 52%. Um, and the average price crossing the $1 million mark for the first time ever. Why is this? A lot of, a lot of it is because of low inventory. The, the demand just seems to be skyrocketing. We've got low interest rates and higher household savings, all of which we've talked about for the last year. Um, and I mean, even if interest rates go up, when the borders open and we start bringing in a tremendous amount of, of um, new permanent residents here, uh, the demand is only going to sustain or increase. So I don't know how that, how this problem goes away. <laughs> yeah, Short of no, building I... faster. Short of building faster, right? Which can ultimately be done either, you know, because of all the red tape we've discussed, but also, you know, have you looked at the price of lumber lately, right? Construction prices are increasing exponentially right now as well. So you've got builders who are looking at these increased prices, seeing their profit margins shrinking, seeing the amount of time it takes to actually get these permits and whatnot that they need. The holding costs are increasing. The attraction to wanting to be a builder to help with the housing shortage is somewhat shrinking. You know, we've got a few developers that we talk to and, you know, the, the small, uh, sort of small, medium, small size developers, they're getting squeezed out right now and we need more of them, not less. Yeah, totally. Anyhow, so um, I guess what the the advice looking forward here is um, I, I think you're going to see, um, again, a fairly big surge in, in condos. And I think that's just around the corner. Um, it's definitely started. Um, but I think as, you know, buyers get frustrated in other marketplaces having to pay a lot more than maybe what they ever dreamed of paying, uh, they're going to look at cheaper asset classes. Um, and especially in the downtown core, I think you'll see that come back very quickly because um, savvy people will recognize it's it's currently depressed and that'll only last for a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, we've definitely had more investors uh, kind of knocking on that downtown door, let's call it, than we've seen in quite some time. Yeah. I mean, I'll note that we've got people that live even in Squamish who moved up there for, uh, honestly, more space and, and um, to, to build. And now some of them are going, it's too expensive here to do that. And they're actually coming back looking at, at buying back into the condo market back in Vancouver, right? So we're seeing people move 
all over the place, both for investment, uh, especially in the condos for investment, uh, just because of the price points, but um, you know, also because of Airbnb and things like that, which will come back very shortly. Yeah, when we talked about um, the interest levels and sort of the inventory for that downtown condo market, uh, we always look to the sales to active listings ratio as well for a, another reference as to how that that asset class in that neighborhood is acting. And it was uh, it was just back in November when the sales ratio was 16%, right? So we're sitting in, in a buyer's market, but it only took until December one month before it hit 25%, uh, which is just entering a seller's market. And guess what? In February, it hit 37%, Ooh. Ooh. right? So, you know, it's that the interest is clearly there. Uh, I think the people who bought, you know, in that sort of bottom are going to see a quick rise. Not that that's what it's about, but um, but for the people who were paying attention of it or at it, again, that 14, 15% seems to be a, a trigger for a lot of people to say that that yeah. amount, that reduction is Vancouver real estate on sale. And that's when they feel comfortable going in and, and purchasing it. Well, and and further further to that, I mean, we typically you know, denote a seller's market after three strong months of seller's market's performance, right? You know, 25, then, well, 16, 25, 37. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be a very strong seller's market when it be, when it finally registers as one. But, you know, that being said, um, I think it's well underway. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think here too, like the, the pace, right? We've been talking about the pace. We've been talking about record-breaking sales. It's going to happen again this month. Um, if you're ready for this, March, so far this year, and we're, we're recording this on um, Friday, March 12th, mm-hmm. but the data up until the 11th, there's already been 2,200 homes sold in the month of March. Holy cow. That was like all of like February last year. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it's basically all of March last year. Now that's sure when this, when the shutdown started, but you know, we're averaging 245 homes sold every single workday right now. And it, if this sustains, which it's actually increasing, but if it were to just sustain, uh, it's going to cross 5,600 homes sold this month, wow. which no surprising will be an all time high for any month ever uh, eclipsing the previous record being March of 2016 at about, uh, just under 5,200. So, so it's actually a significant more. It's not, it's not a small amount. More it's either. eight or 9% higher right now. Yeah. Is the trend. Wow. So it's, it's going to fly past it. And, you know, and then you got to think what's going to happen in April, right? April was like the real shutdown of last year. I'm talking about. That's right. Yeah. And then of course this year it's accentuating. So it'll likely cross 5,000 or so, but when the, when it, when the media gets a hold of that headline and says April sales were 400% higher than last year, <laughs> because it's, it's going to be something like that. And yes, it it's is, yeah. an anomaly and take it for what it's worth, but Hey, a great headline is a great headline, right? So that's what they'll likely gravitate towards. And I think that's going to accentuate again, sort of the, that public outcry, right. Of like, Hey, policymakers, what's going on? Like, this is yeah. just too much. What are you going to do? Which I guess leads us to maybe talk about the Bank of Canada a bit yep. here because yep. uh, they announced, of course, this week that they held the rates, right? Uh, quarter point overnight right here, which was no surprise, right? They're still championing the uh, the no rate increases until 2023. But man, that's- I, I, I have a hard time buying that now. It's no. going to become ever increasingly hard to maintain that, right? You got to think the what just happened in the States here with the uh, 1.9- trillion dollar stimulus package, right? And because we're so attached to the Fed and the states and how they move up and down their rates, 
that amount of stimulus is going to stimulate the economy. It just is. Yeah. And I can't imagine that Canada or that the States rather won't need to start to have um, their rates increase because they're experiencing very similar housing numbers. Well, and and the the Bank of Canada was, I believe it was every week, was buying somewhere to the tune of $4 billion in mortgage bonds every week. Um, and I believe you'll start to see that taper off. That's where it'll start first. So it, well, I, I don't think you're going to see a sudden change in like all of a sudden you're going to wake up one day and they're going to announce a 50 point, you know, basis point rise. I don't think you're going to see that. Mm-hmm. But I think you'll see them put their pull their foot off the accelerator a little sooner than you thought. And I mean, governments have always kept their word in the past. So why wouldn't they now? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Well, and for those of us that, you know, are following the uh, the five-year bond, it's actually back to like January, February, 2020 numbers. So the yeah. bond, five-year bond yield is is pre-pandemic right now. Yeah. Um, and that's the time back when the prime rate was at like 3.95. And yet Bank of Canada still holding tight. But uh, again, 2023 is still two years away. And the way things are going, I mean, could you imagine rates staying this low for two more years at this no, pace? I well, mean, it's, inflation, it's would just go, it would just go through the roof, right? Like, um, you know, and there's still some elasticity in in the economy, generally speaking. So, like I said, I don't think you're going to see a sudden stop or a sudden change, but I do think you're going to see a tapering of of what's been said. Mm-hmm. Um, the, let's uh, talk about some of these stats, too, through the 2020 housing boom. Um, pretty interesting stuff. Right. So, you know, when we talked about quantitative easing and the whole point of it of, of raising asset prices, well, it has beyond succeeded, let's just say, where the average homeowner in Canada, we're talking about the average homeowner in Canada saw about a $66,000 appreciation rate in their home. And that equates to like a trillion dollars across the country. So when a lot of people say, who's buying homes and where's this down payment coming from? It looks largely, and we know largely from our from our mortgage specialists that we talk to, gifted down payments are incredibly common right now, right? People are leveraging all this equity they have in their homes. They are gifting their children uh, down payments. And of course, the children are running out and getting easy credit at a very, well, almost record low rates. Um, and when we talk about like the economic divide, right? You've got this the $66,000 per household or trillion dollars net across Canada. You compare that to what the average renter increased their, their, uh, net, their, worth. their net worth by, and it averaged less than $5,000 per head, per household rather. I mean, that speaks to so many things. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it, it really speaks to, um, you know, the fact that Canada's GDP is so heavily invested in real estate. Uh, I, I mean, this is how the government makes it easier for people knowing the vast majority of people in Canada do, o- do own their homes. That being said, if you rent, man, you're just being left out of the conversation. I mean, the, the, the numbers don't lie, right? I mean, you're talking about a trillion dollars increase in net worth versus renters who saw their net worth expand by roughly 90 billion. Mm-hmm. So while 90 billion sounds like a big number, that 5,000 compared to 66,000, I mean, we're talking, you know, about a, what, 10, 11 fold amount. Yeah, so again, that economic yeah. divide is just accentuating. here. Yeah. And again, um, based on everything we've just said up until this point, it's not getting better. Mm-hmm. That's the other piece. It's not getting better. Right. So, you know, um, this is how the government makes 
people in the economy feel better is by increasing the value of their homes because Canadians, like we've talked about, pulling the equity out of their homes, giving it to their children. So a lot of this is domestic policy. A lot of this is is domestic monetary policy, right? Mm-hmm. That we're seeing at play here. And um, you know, unless you have something in an equity market, you're you're just gonna get left behind. And and I hate to say that, but it's it's just the the numbers don't lie. Yeah, that's that's the reality that we're in and, and they are they are rewarding the wealthy. They just are. You know, and uh, it is tough to say, but uh, for those of those of people, those of you that have, I guess, recognized that, and I think maybe, well, that's a large part. People have recognized that, yeah. And that that is also that's another element that is fueling this housing fire that we are in, because people are like, well, look, if if the government is essentially going to continue this easing and increase, excuse me, uh, increase my uh, wealth by, you know, what is that, uh, six thousand dollars a month compared to $400 if I'm a renter, they're going to find a way to get in because it just feels like that train is just never going to stop. And yes, it will at some point, but right now, like I said, it's just fueling this fire. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll slow. I don't know if it'll stop. <laughs> it might correct, well, but it's going to continue. To it'll, it, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. It, it'll cycle. It will go down. We all know that everything goes up and comes down. But again, I think the trend and uh, because of the amount of taxation again, that they're always going to make from this, mm-hmm. we're going to see the average. Yeah. Well, then you add you add to the fact that you know Canada is going to have a robust um, uh, policy when it comes to uh, uh, foreigners coming into the country, right? I mean, we're looking at four hundred thousand permanent residences. I mean, I know they said that by the end of this year, that, that's just not going to happen. But by the end of next year, it's definitely possible. Those people are all going to go to the major centers. That's where they're going to find their work. That's where they're going first, right? So condos and things like that are going to see a boom in the, over the next couple of years. Yep. Okay. I think that's it for us this week. Um, looking forward. I mean, it's the heat's going to continue. That's just the reality. The March number is already showing that yeah. uh, we're still on pace for record uh, high HPI price this month. So expect all three pricing indicators to be at records this month. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again in, in April, the way things are going. So this is, um, it's a big ship. It takes a lot to turn it around. So yeah. uh, right now for the foreseeable future, this is, this is the trend to expect. Um, and then, hey, we, uh, the talk of taxation, capital gains, et cetera, it, it's L- just, we hear looming, looming heavy. Yeah. We hear more <laughs> and more every week. So, um, you know, that might be the hammer that comes down here, but uh, as of today, it's I not guess, coming. Uh, yeah. Happy house hunting. All right. <laughs> okay, Thanks so much. Week. Yeah, for sure. Bye. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.